0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? You guys ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow? Well, at least those of you in the U.S. I know. Canadian Thanksgiving was last month. How but seriously, you guys are ready to eat all that turkey, mashed potatoes, greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes? Um y'all y'all good? Y'all good. Hey, well, if so, you'll have a new episode to listen to on Turkey Day. Today is November 23rd. This is episode 237. I'm your host Nick. It's the day before Turkey Day. You'll probably be listening to this on Thanksgiving Day or sometime in the next few days. But uh, we got a lot to talk about. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out last week. Uh, I finally got to see Wakanda Forever. I went to Disneyland yesterday. Um, There is a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. And let's not waste any time. So let's get right into the thick of it. ...want to start off with Scarlet and Violet. Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't been able to put too much time into it because I do have family in town. Like I said, I went to Disneyland yesterday. Sometimes, though, even though it is a holiday week, the time to uh, play is limited. Um, So far, I have not encountered any of the major issues other people have. Granted, I really haven't put more than an hour into it. it is very different, it is fully open world, uh, it has sold 10 million copies in 3 days, which is a, a first for speed for a Nintendo property, which is amazing, but <clears throat> despite all this, I've seen from numerous creators um, and, and reviews, the game is filled with technical problems. Uh, it's almost as if the Switch can't handle it. Everyone is saying to play in undocked mode because there's fr- frame rate drops. Um, there's uh, there's dipping. I've seen a lot of, of uh, um, clipping in videos. I've seen a lot of things just not showing up at all. I've seen... Um, uh, uh, pop in. Granted, I personally have yet to experience this. Again, I haven't played enough. Um, but, and this is all with the day one patch. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, apparently people have, are having the games crash or gym battles. Um, I saw someone said they played an entire gym battle with one Pokemon halfway through the floor. Um, I, it it goes just it, it goes with saying with everything we know about Game Freak and how they have a small team and everything like that, um, but people are still having a lot of fun. But it, it's just um, it's interesting to see if if we get a correction for this with a new patch. Um, again, like I said, this is even for multiple reviews, not just content creators. So IGN. Polygon, Eurogamer, and The Guardian—all of them have cited the same issues uh, with clipping, pop-in, frame rate drops, everything. So it's it's not um, it's not like it's it's just a few select people. It, it's affecting everyone. Um, but we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure you can just go on Twitter and search Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and. And see the uh, the numerous, numerous things people are are running into. Like, I'm literally watching a clip on Twitter of someone falling through the entire map. So, uh, you know, that's that's not going to work out well. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you guys have problems, I'm sure you can post about them or see other things. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... That's wild, some of these things I'm looking at. Anyway, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Hopefully next week I'll have more to talk about after I get my hands a little deeper into them. Um, the Embracer group recently purchased uh, the Legacy of Cain IP. And it's a very popular game that a lot of people loved back in the day. Now, no word officially yet on if a Legacy of Kane reboot is happening. But it looks like all signs are pointing to a potential yes in that regard. Um, but we don't know yet if, if that's uh, really going to be the case. But keep, keep an eye out and we'll, we'll see if that really happens. Uh, Activision Blizzard games are uh, unplayable in China uh will be unplayable in China as of January 23rd next year. That includes Overwatch, Diablo, WoW, and many more. Um Apparently, the Blizzard side of the Activision business, I guess not... It's mostly just, um... Mostly Blizzard games. Um, they were trying to work a deal with Chinese tech company NetEase. They're the ones that publish in China. Um... So, their agreement expires that day, hence why they're going to be unplayable. Uh, those games include World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Warcraft 3, Reforge, Overwatch 2, StarCraft series, Diablo 3, Heroes of the Storm, uh, and. Uh, but Diablo Immortal will not be affected. Uh, they're already looking ways to bring them to China without net ease, but we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, ultimately. If you're in China and playing those games, just pay attention to the news. Um, However, the NetEase CEO uh, has called um, called out Activision, I guess. But, oh, I guess NetEase was trying to change the agreement that they've had in place for 15 years. But, let me see. Uh, Simon Zhu, who is a 10-year veteran of NetEase, has had several senior position, senior level positions, um, most recently president of Global Investment and Partnership, put on LinkedIn, he said, quote, As a gamer who spent 10,000 hours in the world of Azeroth, StarCraft, and Overwatch, I feel so heartbroken as I will no longer have the access to my account and memories next year. One day, when what has happened behind the scenes could be told... Developers and gamers will have a whole new understanding of how much damage a jerk can make, quote-unquote. Looks like something happened. Something's going on. And obviously he's pointing fingers at Activision Blizzard and not necessarily someone at NetEase. Or he could be talking about someone in his own company. We don't really know. Uh, Just be on the lookout if you're in China. And uh, just, like I said, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused on the news. Regarding Activision Blizzard and what happens uh, with the potential to access your games, Nvidia is being sued, and it's not for what you think. Um. <laughs> yeah, so someone is suing them over their 16-pin connector cable, which is on their new, um, their new graphics cards. It is a 12-volt horse power 16-pin connector. Um, they are There's about 50 cases globally with issues. Um, this is for the RTX 4090. And uh, an owner has filed a class action lawsuit against NVIDIA over it. Uh, this is via Tom's hardware. Lucas Genova has filed a suit. Um, in his legal complaint, it notes that he purchased an RTX 4090 and noticed the connector cable began to melt shortly after installing it into the PC. Then NVIDIA has not completely responded. Uh, the legal complaint says this, quote, The cause of the melting appears to be a design flaw relating to the high wattage following, flowing through each of the 16 pins. If there's even a temporary break in the electrical connection for any of the pins, too high a current will flow through the remaining pins, causing a meltdown, quote unquote. Um, but like I said, it, it, for the amount of RTX 4090s out, according to NVIDIA, it's only about 50 cases worldwide. Either they're lying, which they can't because they're a public company, or that's the amount that that's really the only amount that's been reported to them. Ubisoft has finally given an update on the Splinter Cell remake. Uh, granted, all we really got to see was concept art for the game, but hey, that means progress. They've also announced that they will be putting their games back on Steam, so you don't need a Uplay account for them any longer. Uh, Blizzard has clarified how the Battle Pass will work for Overwatch 2. Um, since a lot of people are angry about the high cost of some of the cosmetics and things like that. Uh, in a new blog post, Overwatch 2 executive producer Jared Nuss, um, has revealed some changes. He says, quote, "...in Season 2 we've changed up our rewards a bit, so each event has a skin you can earn by playing, in addition to the other cosmetic rewards we already offer." Unquote. Uh, he also went on to say quote We're also going to continue our twitch drops programs so that you can earn skins and in-game goodies by supporting your favorite creators While we're working on the long-term plans, we want upcoming seasons to feel more rewarding than season 1 for season 3 and beyond we're looking at a mix of Battle Pass changes, more interesting challenges to pursue, and more exciting play-focused progression systems for you all to dig into. We'll be able to talk about some of these changes soon, but other changes may take more time to lock in. We aren't completely satisfied with how everything feels right now. There's a lot we like about it, knocking out a bunch of daily weekly challenges or getting something new for a hero you love can feel great. But we also recognize that today's experience is opportunity for improvement that we need to focus on. So clearly they're listening to the players and they want to make sure it's a better experience overall. Uh, since it's different from what they did in the first game. Um, <laughs> so Sonic the Hedgehog recently had its, his 30th, 30th birthday. Well, his co-creator Yuji Naka has been arrested for suspected insider trading while working at Square Enix. Uh, This has been reported by IG in Japan. Naka was arrested by the Special Investigation Department of the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office. um, Along with two other Square Enix employees. Allegedly, uh, he purchased at least 10,000 shares in developer aiming. uh, Which is valued around 20,000 US dollars. Before it announced the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. uh, Which it was working with Square Enix on. Um... Taisuke Sazaki and Fumiaki Suzuki uh, also allegedly purchased a combined total of 162,000 shares, which is valued at $337,250 US dollars. Um, Apparently, Sazaki is the one who informed Naki and Suzuki about it. this is uh it's illegal in Japan as it is illegal in many countries around the world and uh it looks like they used their knowledge of the Dragon Quest game coming to mobile from aiming that uh they purchased the shares in in advance of the game coming out but uh yeah you're not supposed to do that <laughs> I mean, that's kind of common sense. I don't know how they thought they weren't going to get caught, to be honest. The Grammys. How about this? The Grammys have their first official video game care category. And it is Best Soundtrack. So, the uh, it is official title is Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media. Um, and these are the games that have been nominated. Aliens Fireteam Elite. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok, Call of Duty Vanguard, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Old World. My money's on Guardians of the Galaxy, because honestly that was a great soundtrack. Um, But yes, when you watch the Grammys, they will now have a video game category. Uh, Speaking of AC Valhalla, it will get its final piece of DLC next month. Uh, Ubisoft also announced that it will not be getting a new Game Plus mode. Uh, speaking of DLC coming out in November, Mario Kart 8 will be getting its third wave of DLC tracks next month. And, uh, what was else next month? Um, no, I think that's it for DLC. Um, Sony and Honda have teamed up and potentially... May stick a PlayStation 5 in, in Honda's new electric car. Um, in an interview with the Financial Times, the COO and president of Honda, of Sony Honda Mo- Mo- Mobility, I guess they're working together, uh, Izumi Kawanishi, said it will be possible to integrate the PS5 into cars. Uh, quote, official quote says Sony has content services and entertainment to- technologies that move people. We are adapting these assets to mobility. And this is our strength against Tesla. We will cater to the entertainment network we would like to offer, quote-unquote. These models will launch in 2025, but we'll see if the uh, PS5 is actually included. Uh, Bayonetta 4 was announced on Twitter by the head of Platinum Games in the most casual, unsuspecting way. Essentially like, oh yeah... Obviously, Bayonetta 3 ends in a way that 4 is coming. <laughs> like, people were like, What? Like, no official announcement, just randomly dropping hints on Twitter. What is this? <laughs> it's funny. It was really funny. Um, Phil Spencer is yet again clarifying that Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. Uh, this is a New York Times article now. Um, in this report, Microsoft has uh, apparently offered now a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles. A 10-year deal. Um, Sony declined to comment about the offer. No word yet on if they accepted it or not. Um, Phil Spencer went on to say, quote, this is on the same Brain YouTube channel, he said it, um... And it, it just, I don't understand how many times this man has to go out and say, we're not taking Call of Duty off of PlayStation. And now PlayStation is, like, coming at them over subscribers and things like this. Sony apparently claims that Xbox Game Pass has 29 million subscribers. Um, you know, I, did I talk about the European commissioner, like, off my... PlayStation, like, bro, you can't be saying shit like that, dude. Like, it comes off that you're, like, biased as fuck. Um, Sony says that... um, They claim that, quote, The ability and incentive to lessen current and future competition in multi-game subscription services, uh, in regards to, unquote, in regards to Game Pass, um, they say, quote, Game Pass leads PlayStation Plus significantly. Microsoft already has a substantial lead in multi-game subscription Says Game Pass has 29 million subscribers to Xbox Game Pass Console and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And is expected to grow substantially in the future. The multi-game subscription tiers of PlayStation Plus is com- considerably lagged. With fewer than redacted the number of subscribers. Wow, they won't even, unquote. They won't even admit to how many that subscribe to their... Not the best system of of services, right? Like we've already seen them bleeding subscribers because it's three tiers. It's all fucked up. Um, like I, 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 Microsoft doesn't claim that many. Um, Sony is citing market data and analytics. Um, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Wow. So the company that Sony cited Ampere Analysis, their um, games researcher Piers Harding-Rolls noted that that's not even the firm's current number, uh, more than likely a forecast. Um, He said, quote, on his Twitter, quote, The 29 million is not our current number unless a forecast. I think the citation is related to Microsoft's dominance of the multi-game subscription market, in my GDC talk, I showed this chart, which is what's being referenced, um, unquote. And his chart, I'm pulling it up on Twitter now. Um, hold on. Oh. It's coming up with stuff. Um, I guess it's not an official Microsoft number, which is strange, right? Um this is all for the UK and Europe, and and we'll see, we'll see what ultimately happens. I think it's somewhat of a Sony is just bitching and moaning, um, and reading comments online and things about it is is hilarious to see people's responses. Uh, speaking of Call of Duty, Warzone Two has hit twenty five million players in one week, not even a week. Excuse me, twenty five million players on Warzone Two in under a week. Even with some of the issues some players are facing, it's clear that a lot of people like Warzone 2 and are having a lot of fun with it. Um, Sony has announced that they are going to be increasing investment in Chinese development programs. Especially one uh, similar to the one that found Genshin Impact. Um, They want to relaunch their China Hero project uh, that was in existence before COVID-19. This is all per Reuters. Um, they want to expand the, their incubation program, um, essentially to beat out Microsoft is the main thing. Um, Sony director of Chinese game production Bao Bo uh, that they are going to invest more than one million yuan, which is just over one hundred and forty thousand U.S. dollars, into each game and deve- fund development teams of all sizes. Um, the main uh, as part of this project. They will be publishing. Uh, Lost Soul Aside, which is a Final Fantasy XV-inspired game. Um, Also, Con Valaria, a third-person shooter. Uh, Both games will come out for the PlayStation 4 and 5. Um, I guess they published Genshin Impact. Um, They have an exclusivity deal with. Um, I guess Microsoft tried to get it too. But it looks like uh, they want to... Increase their spending in China. Which makes sense. Um, And then rumors are swirling. That Netflix may be developing a AAA shooter. Uh, They have their new studio in Los Angeles. um, Which is led by Chaco Sony. Who was the former Overwatch producer. And vice president of Blizzard. Uh, Per MobileGamer.biz. Netflix Game Studios is looking for a game director. Um, with experience in shooters, quote, a brand new AAA PC game, unquote. Um, they're also asking for, quote, extensive experience in live service gaming, unquote. Um, and they also said the candidate must have, quote, deep understanding of highly engaging content and how to deliver it. Deeply passionate about social systems and gameplay, both cooperative and competitive, unquote. This is a official job listing, um... They'll also have to develop world characters and narrative uh, that are worthy of a Netflix film or TV series. uh, uh, There it is. Um, But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out in the future. Um, That's ridiculous. They want to make a game that can also be turned into a movie or show. Despite the fact that rumors have been also swirling that potentially Ninja Gaiden or Dead or Alive would get a reboot, Team Ninja says otherwise. Apparently, there was a product uh, or like promotion that Team Ninja put out, and something about new worlds. Um, this is for Video Game Central. Uh, director, creative director Tom Lee at Team Ninja said. Um, There was a conference under the heading, quote, Reboot of Popular Series, unquote. I guess they listed Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden. Uh, Tom Lee says, quote, Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden are both long-standing pillar franchises for Team Ninja. These celebrated titles are synonymous with our studio history and reputation. It goes without saying that when speaking about the development of our past and future projects, both of these important titles cannot be left without mention. However, there are no details or information to share on either of these franchises at this present time. Like many of our dedicated fans, we share the enthusiasm for the return of these beloved titles, and we'll be sure to provide a proper update if and when that day arrives, unquote. Um, It'll be interesting to see what this actually means. Um, I mean, Dead or Alive 6 just recently came out, so I don't see them rebooting that. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, though, I can see, because they haven't made... um, they haven't made a new Ninja Gaiden team in quite a while. Um, like I said, yeah, Dead or Life Six was 2019, so I don't think that's getting rebooted. Um, whoa, that that franchise hasn't had a new game in probably a decade, so makes sense that um, makes sense that that maybe would be rebooted. Uh, God of War Ragnarok has become the fastest-selling first-party PlayStation game. 5.1 million copies in its first three days. And then, final bit of gaming news here. The Twisted Metal TV show will apparently take inspiration from Zombieland. Um, This is, of course, going to be on Peacock. Um, It was announced back in 2019. And... What is this? Uh, Carter Swan, a senior producer at PlayStation Studios said, quote, you gotta have the cars, you have gotta have the post-apocalyptic setting. There's a lot of characters that we thought were great. Obviously, Sweet Tooth has been announced, and I think will be very kind of character in the show. He's being voiced by Will Arnett, play, played by the wrestler Samoa Joe, who did an unbelievable job, when you think of that game. The first thing that kind of pops into my head is the ice cream truck. That's the piece that's been marketed all these years, uh, unquote, and that was to IGN, um, I guess Anthony Mackie, I forget what character he's playing. Um, sh- P- production wrapped in August, so it looks like we should have it sometime next year. Uh, Swin- Swan went on to say, quote, The creators of the show, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, Rhett is a huge, massive fan of the game. So really trying to take those elements from like those things that they do and that time and that style, they're able to kind of take these violent, ridiculous things and make them fun. Zombieland's a good barometer if you look at what happens in that movie as to what we could do. Their whole thing is you can have fun in the in the most apocalypse, unquote. Um, so, we'll see. There's a lot of stuff that's been annou- in that interview if you want to learn more about the show and the first season. Um, it'll be fun. Oh, so Anthony Mackey's playing someone called John Doe. Uh, Swan said, quote, I can't wait for people to see Anthony Mackie in the show. He's playing John Doe. It's such a different character for him. Along the lines of those fun, irreverent, never-take-anything-seriously characters that Warnick and Reese do so well, unquote. I'm excited for that show. Hopefully we don't have to wait too long. Uh, I use that as a great transition as we now talk about television. Yes, Uh, we've now learned Quentin Tarantino's been in the news recently saying some really dumb things and some really good things. Uh, He wants to make... A television show next year. Uh, He plans to shoot an eight-part series in 2023. Uh, No details have been released. Uh, This is all via Variety. Um, He said it while promoting his new book, Cinema Speculation. Um, He has worked in TV before. He's directed episodes of CSI and ER um, he worked on, he, I think he produced the From Dust Till Dawn TV series. I don't think he had anything to do with that. And, um, I guess he was going to potentially direct episodes of Justified City Primeval. Um, we'll see though what happens and if he ultimately does direct a television show or not. Um, I think. I think it would be right up his alley as he doesn't want to do his final film just yet. Uh, We've also learned that William T. Riker, uh, played by Jonathan Frakes, will appear in every episode of Star Trek Picard Season 3. And honestly, that's some of the best news I've heard in a long time. Uh, The Silk Spider Society show from Sony will air on Amazon Prime. Uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller... And Amy Pascal are all executive producers on it. So I don't know how it connects to the Spider-Verse as a whole. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has announced a break from acting after a recent episode of his show Limitless on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he has learned that he is genetically predisposed to Alzheimer's. Um, so apparently I guess it's caused him to take a break and reevaluate some things. And it looks like he only wants to do Thor maybe one more time. Uh, as opposed to a long time, like he said recently. Uh, we've also learned that despite the end of Atlanta on television, the show starring Donald Glover, uh, the creator Jamal or the writer Jamal O'Lori, uh, speaking with IGN, said that I'm really ha-, quote I'm really happy that everybody got to enjoy the show as a whole, and I know a lot of people were disappointed with it ending. But, you know, we still have, we're going to put out other stories and other, you know, more content dealing in being in the same world, essentially, unquote. Um, So maybe just not on TV, but maybe they'll put out a book or a comic book or a graphic novel. I don't know. Uh, Just don't necessarily expect more Atlanta content on TV, at least not right away. Um, And our final bit of uh, TV news before we talk about Andor... Uh, Jason David Frank, known for playing both the White and Green Ranger in Power Rangers' original run uh, and then made subsequent appearances in several other Power Rangers shows throughout history as uh, Tommy Oliver, and then taking on different Ranger roles, uh, has passed away at the age of 49. Unfortunately, two major people from my childhood have been lost this month. Kevin Conroy, of course, of course the voice of Batman, and now Jason David Frank, uh, the Green Ranger. And White Ranger, who just those two Rangers happen to be two of the best Rangers. Uh, Green Ranger with his Dragon Zord, and of course the White Ranger with his Tiger Zord. Um, Jason David Frank was a huge Power Rangers fan. Uh, like I said, he appeared in some subsequent series. Always loved to interact with fans. Always loved to reprise the role. Um, just everything I know about him was was just genuine and nice, and it, it sucks that he's gone. Um, It really does. So, uh, let's talk about movies, shall we? Uh, We've learned that Amy Adams is open to returning to the role of Lois Lane in future Superman movies. So, that's good news. We don't need to recast Lois Lane. Um, James Wan and Jason Bloom are in active talks about merging their two horror film companies... Atomic Monster from James Wan and Bloomhouse from Jason Bloom, Bloomhouse arguably one of the largest producers of horror films currently. Um, we've also learned that an Escape from New York reboot is in the works from the team behind the Scream uh, reboot, technically. Scream's not entirely rebooted, but... Um, but yeah, there are uh, no writers yet. No word on if uh, Russell, Ru- um, why can't I think of his name, Kurt Russell. No word on if Kurt Russell will will reprise his role as Snake Plissken or if it will be a full reboot and a new actor will take on the role. Uh, but if anything is to go by by their, their recent Scream movies, uh, Scream of course the one that came out this year and then they have another one coming out early next year, I think they might know what they're doing with reboots. And potentially have um, a chance to make a good movie. The the first... the Escape from New York is such a, a quintessential 80s movie. Uh, and then Escape from L.A. It has parts that are good. And overall that movie is not good. <laughs> um, so there's a reason there was never a third film in the Escape franchise. But we'll see what happens with the reboot. Uh, We've also learned that Steven Spielberg is going to uh, do a remake of the movie Bullet, but this time starring Bradley Cooper in the role made famous by Steve McQueen. It'll be interesting to see how they adapt that for modern audiences, or if it is a period piece when they film it. Uh, David Lights, director of Bullet Train and Deadpool, is going to be directing a new spy thriller starring Channing Tatum. I really like Bullet Train, so hopefully his next movie... Uh, being a spy thriller is just as fun. Uh, we're also learning, I think this is per variety, the Fast X, Fast 10, Fast and Furious 10 budget, has allegedly ballooned to $340 million. Uh, Fast 9 had a budget of $200 million, so that can show you how out of hand it's apparently allegedly getting. Uh, we'll see, though, if that ultimately translates to a very good-looking film. ...when it releases next year. Uh, James Gunn has announced that we should learn from him and Peter Safran... ...what DC's plan for the future is within the next two months. So sometime between now and January... um, ...we should learn what DC's eight or ten year plan may be. Obviously James Gunn is uh, wrapping up with his duties at Marvel... ...with the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special airing this week... Um, I hope to watch that soon. Ryan Reynolds, uh, speaking of Marvel, has allegedly, with his writing partners on Deadpool, written a full-fledged, full Deadpool Christmas movie uh, that is yet to be made. But I like how people say "yet to be made," like it is going to get made, which I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it will be. Um, a Deadpool Christmas movie. If anything maybe straight to Disney Plus or Hulu since it'd be rated R. I I I don't know. Wait, no, the Deadpool movies are on Disney Plus now anyway. So maybe they make a Disney Plus Deadpool Deadpool Christmas movie. Who knows. Obviously though that would not get made until after Deadpool 3. And speaking of Disney, Bob Chapek is out as CEO After just two and a half years. After having his contract renewed for another three years as recently as July. uh, It looks like he uh, he is stepping down immediately as of Tuesday. No, Monday. Sunday. Sunday night. It happened on Sunday. With Bob Iger. Yes, Bob Iger is coming back to lead Disney for at least another two years. I don't know if that would get extended, or if it's a a dead-set two-year contract that he signed with the board of directors. Apparently this was a coup led by the board of directors, seeing as to what Chapek was doing to the company. Chapek was not well-liked by the fans, by apparently the board, by employees. Uh, He has been heavily criticized for making some interesting moves in his short time as CEO. Um... Disney stock has fallen quite a bit the last few years. Uh, the parks are no longer considered top-tier parks, which is not a good thing when, when he is the one who was in charge of parks before he took over the whole company. Um, I think we talked about it a few years ago, but like Hollywood insiders were shocked that he was picked to run Disney because at the end of the day, Disney is still a movie studio, right? They're not a theme park business. At the end of the day, they're still a movie studio. You need to pick someone who is either a good businessman or knows Hollywood, not Parks. And I think that was ultimately his downfall. He put the wrong people in charge of the wrong things, uh, but it's good to see that Bob Iger is back. And I think that will help Disney in a new transition the next two years. We've also learned that Blade has found a new director. Uh, This was someone, I guess, handpicked by Mahershala. Uh, His name is Jan Demange, uh, and he's known for most recently directing the pilot to Lovecraft Country for HBO. So it sounds like he might know uh, dark, demented horror might be right up his alley to direct Blade. Um, Indiana Jones 5 we've learned uh, as more and more images come out from the film in Empire Magazine and and, uh, People and all that. They will be using, Disney will be using its famous de-aging technology on Indiana Jones uh, for its opening sequence. So it looks like the opening sequence will go back into the past. Similar to how um, Last Crusade featured a young Indiana Jones uh, in a flashback scene when he steals that cross from the Raiders. Um, Sticking with Disney and their properties here. Avatar 2, we are learning... Needs to be at least the fourth, at least the fourth highest grossing film of all time to be able to be considered profitable. That means it needs to make at least two billion, two billion with a B dollars to be profitable. What the fuck are you doing, James Cameron? My guy, my dude, like you're not. There's not even that much money being spent, spent on advertising, and it needs to make two billion dollars. Meanwhile, they're complaining about the budget of Fast X being three hundred forty million. What the fuck are you doing over there, James? Two billion dollars to be profitable? Jesus fucking Christ, man, that's insane. What are the movies not even good? You fucked. Good luck with five and six ever happening. Oh, my God. Um, Top Gun Maverick will hit Paramount Plus on December 22nd. So if you've been waiting to watch it at home and didn't want to buy the Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray, you got to wait at least another month before it hits your television or streaming screens. And then, uh, according to Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the Across the Spider-Verse films because it's going to be split in two, will feature six distinct art styles. Yes, six distinct art styles. We had about four or five in the first film, but those were were relegated to their particular Spider-Man variants, or Spider-People variants. Whereas this film features a, a trek across the Spider-Verse. As we saw in the first trailer, uh, there was one that was India-inspired and things like that. So... I'm very excited to see how they handle these six different art styles for the Across the Spider-Verse films. And with that, uh, technically we're done with the news, so I do want to talk about my review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and I do want to talk about my day at Disneyland. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the second film, uh, the sequel to Black Panther, uh, the final film in Phase 4 of the MCU, which... I think now we can fully understand that it, it is a passing of the torch phase, which explain explains a lot. You know, it's a transition phase, and a lot of people... I can see why a lot of people didn't like every movie in it. Um, this is 100% Shuri's movie. Uh, yes, The Queen has a lot in it, and uh, I can definitely hop on board the Oscar hype train that people want to give uh, Angela Bassett. Um. playing Queen Ramunda, Um, It's a good movie. Um, Is it as good as the first? No. Uh, It is a long movie. It's about 2 hours and 40 minutes. There's definitely a a lot of things they can cut out. I think they dragged out a lot of things, um, but it also sets up a lot of things for the future of the MCU as well, with um, Allegra de Fontaine uh, showing up and is now the director of the CIA. That's a character played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus who showed up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And um, and uh, Black Widow. Who I think a lot of people think is going to be heading up the Thunderbolts in the Thunderbolts film. Um, like the anti-Nick Fury, essentially. Um, the The CGI is amazing. The plot is a little thin in places. Tena um, huerta is, is amazing as Namor, um, so it is pronounced Namor in the movie, because he was named by his enemies, like someone without love, no, no amor, uh, for in Spanish, so his name is Namor, or uh Khan, which is what his people call him. Um, I will say Talocan, the, the, his city underwater, which is the new Atlantis, essentially, is really cool, um, it's just his winged feet, Jesus Christ, is so dumb, um, it, they don't explain his powers a lot, like, apparently he can control various sea life as well, similar to Aquaman in DC, um, but it's not very explained, um, the Talokans are fucking savages, and wipe out Wakanda with ease, and Wakandans with ease, um, it's a fun movie, though, there's, there's some good jokes, uh, M'Baku is the star, again, stealing every scene he's in, um, Leticia Wright as, as, as Shuri is good, Lupita Nyong'o back great as, um, Nakia, uh Okoye, though. I wanna I want to talk about Okoye, who has one of the best character arcs in the movie. Um we also get introduced to Riri Williams, who is okay. Uh, I hate her suit. I hate the Ironheart suit in the movie. It is the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in a a Marvel movie. And it looks like something that came out of um I don't, I don't mean this is a knock against Japanese animation, but it looks like it came out of anime and it doesn't fit with the MCU. Um, it, it doesn't, it, I just don't like the way it looks. I saw someone say it looks like a Gundam and I'm like, fuck yeah, it does. Uh, I don't like it. I also don't like the suits that are, that's given to Okoye in another one of the Dormalage. Um Ugliest, another ugly fucking thing. I, who signed off on these designs for these suits, man? Because these people need to be tarred and feathered. They need to see what their suit looks like on screen. Jesus Christ! And compared to the rest of the MCU, it is—they are bad. They are bad designs. I do not get it. Um, I, you know, I'm nitpicking on things, but no, the movie—the movie, like I said, the movie is good. It starts with. T'Challa's death right obviously because Chadwick Boseman died um but it's a good movie definitely go see it especially if you liked the first one or if you're all in on Marvel movies um it's just it is long and and definitely there are parts that drag they could have cut a lot of things it it moves at a snail's pace um but overall I enjoyed it definitely like a seven out of ten um I'll have to redo my Marvel rankings now that Phase 4 is over. And we'll probably talk about that next week. Um, That's it really for movie stuff. I do want to talk a bit about my visit to Disneyland yesterday. Uh, It was my first time in five years going to Disneyland. Uh, I finally, finally got to see Galaxy's Edge. Um, And honestly... I, I lit up like a fucking giddy schoolboy. Galaxy's Edge is probably the best themed section at the a Disney park I've seen ever. It does feel like you are on Batu. I'm not kidding. Um, yes, there's some things that are obviously theme parky, but it felt so immersive. It was so fun to just be in that section. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to do Smuggler's Run um, or go into Uga's Cantina or some of the other things. Uh, just because my nephews, um, you know, they haven't really been to Disneyland before. They're they're actually pass holders at Walt Disney World. So they've done some of these rides. They, they go to Disney a lot in Florida. Um, so they wanted to kind of experience most of disneyland that they could since we didn't have a park hopper and we weren't going to california adventure um but i did get to ride rise of the resistance the one thing that was on the top of my list above all else honestly it is the coolest fucking thing disney has done ever as of right now uh the queue system is is very interesting and like the build-up, the pre-show as they call it to the ride, the ride itself. Um, Unfortunately, the first time we went on it, it actually broke down and they had to walk us off. The first time I've ever been walked off a ride. Um, Immersion broken. Let me tell you this, when the lights go on and they start moving things around that are usually stationary, the immersion is fully broken. Um, It sucked, It, it ate up a chunk of our day. Uh, but luckily, we had the Genie Plus Pass with Lightning Lane, and they gave us another one to return later when the ride reopened. Um, so a, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of complaints online about Genie Plus Genie Plus uh, and, and Lightning Lane, right, which is the replacement for Fast Pass since they got rid of Fast Passes. Uh, I will say that Genie Plus, uh, for charging, I think it was like $20 a person, Uh and it really only coming with lightning lane, it, it comes with other features, but not everyone is gonna use those features. So I think they need to figure out uh, different tiers of it if they are going to keep it. Uh, lightning lane, well, I understand the frustration with getting rid of fast pass, right? Uh, lightning lane lines can get a lot bigger than fast pass lines. Uh, you are limited to one reservation at a time, similar to fast passes, but unlike fast passes, You can make a Lightning Lane reservation for every ride that has one throughout the day. So you can, like we used it uh, for Haunted Mansion, uh, the holiday edition with Nightmare Before Christmas. So we made a reservation. Obviously couldn't make another one at the time. Um, But then we made one for Rise of the Resistance. Then we made one for uh, the Matterhorn. So like... Then we made one for, oh, what did we use it on? Um, we did use it on another ride. I can't think of it right now. Um, but essentially, you would have been stopped at three with fast passes. But with Lightning Lane, again, you can use it for, for any ride that's available. Uh, as long as you don't have a pre-existing uh, reservation. Um, <clears throat> what did we... I'm trying to think. I don't know. Uh, but using the app is, is super easy, straightforward. Even ordering food, um, is great. The park wasn't super busy. I, I do like the whole reservation system where, you know, you have to have a reservation and a ticket to get in for that day. So that, that was interesting. It wasn't, like I said, it, it wasn't that busy. Um, so I, I was happy for that. We had a lot of fun. Um, Oh, Genie Plus is $30 per guest. Oh, it just went up. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that part. Um, but it, it just... It, it's... When you don't use all the services, it's a little overpriced. My other issue is it's a, an additional $25 per person for Rise of the Resistance. That shouldn't... I, I get it. It's the most popular ride. It's usually got the longest line. Um... But they shouldn't charge extra for it. i'm I'm sorry, they shouldn't. It, it, yes, it's an amazing ride, and everyone needs to ride it, but they shouldn't charge extra for it. Um, it should be included if you're already paying thirty dollars a person. so that that's frustrating. Um, but but overall, no, it was it was a great day at the park. I hadn't been there in five years. Um, I've talked at length on this podcast about how, I wanted to go back in 2020, but obviously the pandemic, the Rona, came and put a nix on that. Um, but I want to just live in Gal- Galaxy's Edge, to be honest. Um, it was so fun yesterday, and I got to do rides I hadn't done before or in a long time. Um, Indian and Jones is great as ever broke down while we were on it. So two rides broke down while we were on it. Uh, my cousin, my nephews got to experience Indiana Jones. They loved it. Um, and what I learned, which is interesting is they don't do, um, they don't do, uh, uh, crap. What's the word? They don't do not re theming, but they don't, they don't put like a, a, like a holiday spin on some of the things at Walt Disney World which is very interesting. Um like they they do not do the nightmare stuff at the haunted mansion at Walt Disney World which is very very interesting to me. Um they don't do a holiday uh it's a small world at at uh, Walt Disney World either. So it was in they they we didn't do it's a small world cuz Annoying fucking ride and it's really just them singing Jingle Bells at Christmas time and in Christmas outfits. But they did very much enjoy The Nightmare Before Christmas. I always like doing that because Jack Skellington's there, Oogie Boogie, things like that. Um, I noticed they took out Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, which was interesting. Um, There's some rides that need to be either updated or taken out. One of which is Mr. Toa's Wild Ride. And I understand it's been there since the beginning. But if you're going to have a dark ride like that, you need to update it and put in animatronics and not just painted shit. Um, Like you need to do like what's going on over in Snow White or Pinocchio. You got to have like full on animatronics. Um, Granted, Pinocchio was like half and half. Uh, Winnie the Pooh was cool. Went on that for the first time. Um, What else did we do? We did the Matterhorn. Fuck that ride. Jesus Christ. Super uncomfortable. Um, super uncomfortable. And it just it's so bumpy and just thrashes you about. Never doing that ride again. And, and it's mainly because I'm tall, right? Like most of the issues I had were like me barely fitting for my height. So, like, my cheat, my knees were practically in my fucking chest on the Matterhorn. Not fun. Um, like, I had the opposite issue at Knott's Berry Farm last year. Is I'm a larger guy. Um, the restraints didn't fit on me, so I couldn't ride a lot of things. Disneyland isn't so much an issue. Um, but, Jesus, the Matterhorn is not built for tall people. A lot of those rides aren't built for tall people. My knees were just, like, in the wall. Or in the, the the side of the car, just in, in like engraved in in. Um, no, it was a fun day, man. I I look. I understand issues with Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, but if you can afford it, it's definitely worth it. It will definitely make your day better. Definitely take advantage of the app where you can pre-order food and things like that, so you don't have to wait in food lines. Um, but it was a very fun day at Disney like i said my first experience getting walked off a ride um being on a ride that breaks down while you're on it um they also have changed the pathways a bit when like they have a parade going on they open up like the back path where usually just the cast members walk for you to get around main street and things like that um it was a fun day smooth day fun smooth day got a lot of good rides in um Toontown was closed, so I think that kind of contributed to a lot more people hanging out in certain areas they might not. And maybe some of the ride wait times were a little higher than than maybe they could have been. But definitely on the docket is I do plan and hope to go back sooner than I usually would. Normally I go about once every five years. Um, I'm definitely, definitely hoping to go back sooner rather than later so I can get the full Galaxy's Edge. Um, experience, you know, ride Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride, get into Uga's Cantina, maybe do the lightsaber thing, droid builder, I don't really care, Um, try all the drinks they have, things like that, so, I did get to see Boba Fett though, I will say that, Um, there was a man walking around dressed as Boba Fett, and they do have like some kind of Tamara Morrison voice emulator, which is crazy, Um, but I had a fun day at Disneyland, like I said, and Galaxy's Edge, Fucking top tier, man. Coolest fucking thing I've seen. It was so fun. So worth it. Um, that's it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. Uh, always remember to check out nixnernews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, click on the links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, uh, Amazon Music. We're, we're on all of them. And I mean that. Also, while you're there, check out our our link to our Discord, where you can interact with other fans of Nixner News. And check out our social media tab, where you can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You see all our feeds. Or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.